0: Hello, everybody. It's time for the Saunders and Redders NDCASD podcast with a bit of summer bash thrown in tonight. Um, it's our last episode before the Christmas break. First of all, the great man's here, Dan Saunders. Hello, Saunders. G'day, Redders. How are you going? Mate, are you preparing yourself for the onslaught up in the Liverpool Blades after Christmas? Uh, yeah, everyone keeps telling me about it.
1: But um, yeah, I'm just going to save for the next I've got to work tomorrow, then I get 10 days off and then come back early January and yeah, you've got a month of just yeah working,
0: party madness, madness. Yeah, and our very a gentleman who is classified as a friend of the show. He's been on multiple times. It is always a pleasure to have a man of such intellect and, and decency on. David Absalom. Good evening, sir.
2: G'day, Redders, Dan Hutcho. Thanks for having me on again. And I'm glad I don't sound like a chipmunk tonight. That's a that's an improvement.
0: <laughs> it is. I'm sure there was some mirth around the place, and our wonderful sponsor, the owner of Safe One, Grant Hutchings, is here for us spe- as a special guest appearance. Grant, it's a very warm welcome, and uh, thank you for everything you've done for our podcast. Great to have you on board.
3: No mate, thank you, thank you. It's good to give back, mate.
0: Thank you so much, guys. We'll start off with. Um, it's, we'll go in chronological order. Uh, let's start off with the uh, scores from the Suburban Districts Division One. Port Stevens made 215 off 39.5 and de- uh, defeated Glendale Old Boys, who made 118 off 28.5 overs. In an amazing game of cricket in Motma, what pr- was proven to be a lively Townsend oval pitch, and we'll come to that for Sunday as well. Merriweather made 88 and Waterboard got him 8 down. What a game of cricket that was! David Absalom's Warners Bay put on 254 of 40 overs at headquarters, the beautiful Fane Oval, and the Mud Rats made 88. Bit of a summation of the Mud Rats season, to be honest. And then I was speaking with Dan about this at length on Thursday night, no, on Saturday night. We don't think in our time doing the podcast that anyone in Division One's made 301 of 40 overs. Carter Blue, 301 of 40. The Rose guys made 106. And then the journeyman took care of business, four hundred and twenty, chasing down the gardens, 118. So now, um, we'll, we'll speak to uh, our very special guest, David Absalom, has got a, a very good story to tell for the Warners Bay game. But we'll go in order that they are in play HQ. So, now, first of all, Port Stevens taking care of business at William Bower Oval, first up.
1: Yeah, and an away, away game there for the Pythons. Of course, Um, I think in the first round... Uh, the Pythons had a pretty significant win over the Glendale as well. And Glendale on the back of that then had quite the run of form. Um, Pythons batting first. Very rarely do they score under 200, especially if they bat their 40. They've batted all bar one. Uh, Jared Boxy keeps on keeping on an even half century or 47 balls. Uh, Lee Williams found some form, 46 from 44. Um, and again, they've got guys that are capable of batting long and scoring big runs. Uh, Ray Stedman. Uh, four for 42 off eight with the ball. And he's actually had a really good double because um, he was really the only one to trouble the scorers in any way in the run chase. Never really headed. There were five ducks in the Glendale innings. But Ray Stedman uh, coming in the middle order, scored 54 off 59 with seven boundaries. Blake Simpson, a name we don't say very often uh, in these Python's guys. He's taken a five for five for 17 from eight. So economical yep. and taking wickets. So another
0: team performance there by the Pythons and uh, they continue their undefeated start of the season. And Blake Simpson might get a mention in your safe one players of the round very shortly, as may our very special guest this evening, Mr. D. Absinthe. We'll come to that in a moment. Fascinating game. So interestingly, um, there was an extraordinary sequence of events as to how this game ended up at Townsend Oval. So you very rarely in district cricket get outrights in a day and unbelievably in second grade last week there were two and that meant that Townsend Oval was free so Merriweather and Waterboard was switched to Townsend Oval in a very nice part of Newcastle love to buy real estate around there Merriweather batting first after winning the toss made 88 the top score Tim Cameron was 39 and then Jake Banyard was the only other person under the Mr Sundries to make double figures he made 12 And Wicket shared. Mitch Cronin, two for James Earl, two for Jake Miller, three for 49 off eight. So he's copped a little bit of tap, strangely enough, in that score. And Michael Rippon, three for 15 off eight. Is the whisper, gentlemen, that Michael Rippon might have been turning and bouncing in a bit at at Townsend? Would that be right? Oh, look, you you would imagine so. I
1: mean, Dave would have actually seen him bowl there the following day in in the summer bash. He might have a better idea of how the, how the spin went on there. But just James Earl for a second. He took two for two. That's a 5.4 overs.
0: That's crazy. They are crazy figures. They really that, are.
1: That's how that's akin to of five or six fun. Because with that pressure building up, you have to attack from the other end. And you're going after Ripon. He's going to get you out at some point. And he's still bowled at, at uh, what, two and over. eight Three for 15 off eight. Uh Jake um uh where are we? Jake Miller, not someone that we mentioned, he's been batting well. I think he might even be yes. the leading run score in the competition. Um, he's gone at a runner ball, and I mean, but he's he's bowled eight of the first sixteen overs, I believe, where yeah, you know, and the Merry the top board, as you mentioned, they were able to utilize um some second grade players. They had a number of players out over the weekend, their second grade winning outright on day one, which is bloody unheard of, as you said, happened twice. Um yeah, so Well done to the waterboard because they've not only beaten Merriweather, they've beaten a reasonably stacked Merriweather and um,
0: didn't really help their cause in in the defence of that, bowling 23 wide. So just in context, everyone, Merriweather's come out bowling at waterboard. The top score was Mitch Cronut with 18. Other than extras, there were 31 extras in 90, of which 23 were wides. Um, Sixteen of them from Pat Holding. I've got to assume that a couple of those were five wides. Sixteen, and then two noes, which is and it, um, Patrick Holding's actually not that sort of bowler. He can, he's actually quite a good bowler. Pat Holding, his brother Sam took four for thirty-eight. Jake Banyard three for six of three point five. Holy cow! What a game of cricket on a, what must be called a sporting pitch. All eight dismissers were catches, which is also extremely unusual. And Waterboard will be very grateful for maintaining their undefeated record. And they get another wing, gentlemen. Uh, David, an amazing game of cricket. It's as simple as that.
2: It is as simple as that. It is an amazing game of cricket. There's probably a couple of things I want to... Um, pick out of that. First of all, Tim Cameron, 39 off 74 balls. I mean, that's probably a an incredible innings on a wicket where I was talking to a few of the guys that were involved in that game on Sunday, and it said, yeah, it was you know a little bit quicker and a little bit bouncier than than what they were used to. So particularly the quicker bowlers like your your Cronitz and your James Earls were were extracting a little bit more out of it. Um, but 39 off 74. That's a that's a really good effort um, from uh, Merriweather's opening bat. But yeah, the waterborne, they've proven throughout this whole competition that they're a quality side and the game where the, you know, they were struggling at one point, um, what, five for 57, um, you know, a game where they may have lost, they've found a way to win. So yeah, you know, credit to them. They've kept their undefeated record alive. Merryweather kept fighting. Um, four to Sam Holding and three to Jake Banyard. But yeah, pretty good game of cricket and uh yeah, great win for the waterboard.
0: And in the in in the in the space of seven days, Sam Holding's made a century in one game and taken four for the next week. Uh, my my uh, co-host on the NDCA podcast. Dan and Grant, we, I think there's going to be a rather large smile coming in the face of, our, of our, our dear friend, and of course, one of our very few actual friends of the show, which he is in inverted commas. Warner's Bay batting first um, after winning the toss. A magnificent six for 254. I get him. We'll talk to David Absalom about this in detail. I'm sure that Giles Manley was great to watch. 38 to Dan Burns. Oh, the K pop's actually got the ball off the square. Unbelievable. Neil Smith, twenty-eight, the great man. Has he still got that awful blonde hair, David? Um, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Two for uh, twenty-nine to uh, Jat and Pemnani, and one for Cam Roxby, Matt Nosworthy and Jack Campbell. And then in reply, Mary Ellen Mudrats were dismissed for eighty-eight. And the star of the bowling, three for nine to Kane Bradley, but David Absalom, seven overs, no maidens, four for twenty. Grant and Dan. They are amazing figures from, the, from our leg spinning friend. What a performance. First of all, David, congratulations. But um, uh, Saundow and Grant, a thumping win for Warners Bay, and that does a massive amount for their quotient as well. Before we go to our, uh, to David, Saundow and Grant, first of all. That's good effort, mate. You've
3: done well. Thanks, mate. <laughs> uh, mate uh, stepping up to the uh, first division, mate, as well, you?
2: Yeah, thank you. Yeah, it's um, yeah, I'll take it. That's for sure. It doesn't happen often, but yeah.
0: In all in all seriousness, and I'm not carving you up here. Did it turn much?
2: Um, normally I don't, but yeah, it was turning on Saturday. Um, yeah, I'll just um, you want me to run through? Yeah,
0: go. It's your 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 call. It's it's your team's game. You were there. You saw the lot. I'm sure Giles Manley was a pleasure to watch.
2: Well, he was a pleasure to watch, and um, he um. He hasn't scored many runs this year, as uh, as you've seen, but he hasn't played as many games as he probably would have liked as well. But um, we saw a bit of a determined look about him on, on Saturday because he's been out court a lot and he wasn't happy with that. So he came out, he played the correct shots early along the ground, got himself set and then started to expand a bit more. And 121 yeah that's a that's a great innings he um i believe he got 100 against the mud rats in the corresponding fixture last year as well so um yeah he bats well at warner's Bay, Batswell well anywhere when he when he's in form and on song he's he's a treat to watch um but yeah um dan burns batted well as, as well he he lifted the run rate when um giles was tiring a bit um and, Yeah, so two two hundred and fifty four is a, a great score. I know Fein certainly runs a fair bit, and it's a fast outfield, but that's a that's a pretty fair score. But going into the um, the Mudrats innings, we know they've got quality. Um, Cam Roxby hadn't been dismissed all year. Luke Evans is handy and looked in good touch. They had Brendan Frost as well, and um, yeah. So going out, we knew we still had to to bowl and, and field well, and um, yeah, um, that's came. Great.
3: Dave,
2: sorry to interrupt you here, mate, but who got Roxby out? Um, hey, on, let me just have a look here. You know exactly <laughs> who got Roxby
0: out, you pelican. Do not pro- do that to our listeners. You know exactly who got Roxby out, so don't start that rubbish. Or I do. We'll Kay Bradley, took, like a Bradley chipper, took a yeah. good catch. Alvin the Chipmunk, yeah. Dismissed by David Absalom, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, Thank he's... you, Archer. Well done. <laughs>
2: Oh, he's, he's still a quality player, and even even bowling against him, you know, you you certainly had to think what you were delivering because the use of the feet against the against the slower bowlers was certainly evident, puts you off your your line and length. So you've you've certainly got to consider what type of deliveries you're bowling and, and the plan of attack. But it was certainly nice to to get him, and I think between Kane and myself, we managed to get seven for twenty nine off fourteen overs. So. You know, Kane kept it very tight at one end which um yeah was um made it good for me as well it was just yeah it was just nice to contribute and get a bit of a bowl and yeah I was getting my my leg break to turn a bit which is very unusual but um I'll certainly I'll certainly take it but yeah it was um it's a pretty good win you know and again the mud rats you know they've had a, a difficult year but we know they've got a lot of quality there and there's still a lot of quality you know, not playing, you know, neither of the four sides were there and Mitch Barry wasn't there either. So um, I still think they've got plenty of good performances left in them. Um, you don't have that amount of quality um, and not, you know, win old you know, cricket game. So I expect they're going to going to bounce back. They've still got another half of the season to go. So, but from Warners Bay perspective, that was um, a pretty, yeah, pretty nice win that one.
0: And is there any truth to the rumor that you were giving Steve Grimshaw some stick about um, being a Parramatta supporter and why you didn't get your eighth over to look at a possible Michelle? Is there any truth to that rumor as well, David Absalom?
2: No, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna bag him actually because he. Well, he gave me a bowl for a start, so I'm grateful for that. But I actually thought I was done. I thought I bowled eight overs, so clearly my math <laughs> skills aren't all that good. But I thought I was done. Um, I wonder if Grimmy thought we were done too because he took Kane off as well, but um, he brought Steve Russell and Giles on and Steve Russell got his first wicket for Warners Bay, which is a great achievement. And Giles got his second ball for Warners, well, his first ball for Warners Bay was last year and he got a wicket, which ended the game. His second ball um, also got a wicket. So it was on a hat trick over what? 12 months or something. so um, But no, no stick given to to Grimmy over that. Um, so, yeah, I was just grateful to to be able to contribute, really.
0: Well done, Sarah. Congratulations on the four. For, uh, and as I said, one of the most important things about that win was the quotient, and quotient will become very important later on down the track. I would love to know how good Cardiff number two was because, as I've been saying for many weeks, it's a belter of a track. Cardiff ballroom playing... The Rose Scholars. Cardiff won the toss and batted five for 301 Sondo. It's an extraordinary scorecard. In particular, Rowan Mokal, unfortunately, dismissed for 99 off 61 with 13 and 4. But they have hit eight sixes in that. Uh Debendu Mishra, 76. Margis Sharathia, uh, 37. But Rowan was the star with 99. 301 Sondo. That is a massive total. When you consider that Jason France opening the bowling went eight overs one. 8-overs, 1-made-none for 15. Um, it's a it's a shellacking to a certain extent, isn't
1: it? Oh, they're amazing figures uh, going less than 2-and-over in innings that's gone for about 7.3. Uh, so he can hold his head very high. Look, it, it's the same story for the poor old Rogue Scholars. No Pat Considine, no Dean Trajanowski, no Tom Tradenik. There's three quality cricketers and there's 24 quality overs you've got to try and replace. Um uh, there's, there's there's some talent in there, but that's a big hole that's left the rogue Scholars in that team. Um, Carter Puller have just come out and feasted. Um, now, Raul Mockley, he's got runs the last couple of games, I think, but that 99. I mean, I was following that along on the live scoring, and I think he was about 92 off late 40s, and he, I think he might have slowed down to try and get the hundred. And I think you got lbw. I think you got five for 99 as well. Um, yeah, but a good consistent effort. We, we've been saying it at Carter-Pulleroo, they go one or two ways. They come far and out of the block, over so they fold like a an old accordion or they they score and score quick. Well, they've not only scored and scored quick, they've batted their 40 overs. Mm-hmm. And when you score quick and you bat your overs, I mean, 301, I mean, I'm sure it won't be the last time that happens. It's certainly the first individual Division 1. Well done to carter Pularu. um Um. But again, would they have scored 301 against an attack with a concert on and a Trudanovsky? Perhaps not. But you can only play what's in front of you, and that's a, a brilliant effort. Um, the rogue—I mean, you're not—you never see 300 scored, so you don't think it's ever going to get chased. And you know they've done their best there. Jeremy Baxter, 25. Um, Andrew Townsend with 25. Also, there were six ducks. Um, it was you know, a reasonably warm day, I, I guess. Coming at the bat chase from that.
0: It's just like, when's this game over? It wasn't just reasonably warm. It was dead set hot. It wasn't as hot as the previous Saturday, but it wasn't overly pleasant. There's more globes in that scorecard than the than than the than the Isle of Bunnings. Fedicum, six globes in that. That's remarkable. It's like an Osram factory. Um, four for to Muhammad Umar, four for thirty-six, and Renjith Matthew, four for fourteen. A terrific performance. And again, for Carter's quotient, um, that's a that does wonders. You know, they've almost tripled the opponent's score. Uh, a thumping win for them. Congratulations going into Christmas. That'll give them a lot of confidence coming out. And then the journeyman uh, ended up playing the Gardens Falcons. This game was at Jezo. The Gardens batted first after electing a bat, uh, after after choosing to bat. 118 all, all out. 3 for 40 to Chris, uh, recent, uh, recent guest Chris Bradford. 3 for 17, Cam Wells off eight. Great figures. Top score, Muhammad Abadullah Hamid Khan with 31 off 43 and 21 of Vikram Sharma, who's often spoken about in this particular podcast. And then the journeymen have come out and taken care of business pretty reasonably. Camwell's 43, Dion Sandoz 24, Chris Dybert, uh, 21 not out, and Fletcher Rinkin 16 not out. Just a, a, a convincing, competent, professional win, gentlemen.
1: Yeah, look, it's a game you'd expect the journeymen to win. I think they haven't gone well and had it back-to-back losses from memory. So... That's steady there, Ship. I mean, again, we're seeing that gap between the top six and then the next four. Um, mind you, Carter Boleroo doing everything they can to cling onto the back of that six uh, because they're certainly the best of the rest. Um, but I think there's still a three-point break between six and seven after 11 rounds. There um, is. The Garden, again, you, you need to back your 40 overs um, to be a threat. I think they may have only had 10 players too, not 100% on that. I think when I looked at the score earlier, um, but I could be incorrect. But either way, journeymen have gone about their run chase, as the journeymen do. Four and a half runs and over. So, Mark, quality cricketers' names there. Sandoz, Divert, been around for a while. Cam Wells, good double with that 43 as well as taking three wickets. And, um, yeah, that name you love pronouncing. I'm going to call him Muhammad Khan, 31 of 43. Also, the pick of picking their balls, three for 20 from six. So, um, look, the Gardens, Rogue Scores are yet to get off the mark this season. Uh, they'll be looking forward to playing each other,
0: I'm sure. Um, but oh, yeah, it,
1: it's...
0: One, huh? sorry, Hacho, can you say that again?
3: That'd be an interesting one if they both have another win. To...
0: Uh, absolutely, it will be great.
3: <laughs> Could be another tie.
1: <laughs> oh, don't say that. <laughs> yeah. So look, and again, it's it's Division One cricket, and you've got to turn up on each day because all ten teams have got players who can you know take a game away. Um, but we're consistently seeing which teams are, are capable of batting big. We looked at Warner's Bay. They struggled at the start of the year. I think that's five, maybe six wins on the trot now in the third spot. And um you know, guy like Giles Manley, we know what the Python's can do. We know look, the waterboard now with Jake Miller there on top of you know Cronett, Harriet, the two um rip uh plenty of depth here in their batting. Meriwether, Lee Harris, uh Paul Danvers, think can score hundreds. Jason Pratt can bat long. Uh the Pride Boys Know how to occupy the crease. These teams up the top end, they've got guys who can bat long, bat for time, and score at a, a reasonable clip. And the teams just, I guess, at the bottom end don't seem
0: to have that at present. So but- oh, it's the Grand Canyon. No, dead dead set. I, I've I've said to you probably. I'll say now. I think the comp. I think there's really only three chances for Grand Final weekend. With the possible outlier being the Journeyman. I'm not sure. I know the points are truncated. But for mine, I think the only team that can stop Port Stevens and Waterboard playing in the grand final is actually a full-strength Warners Bay. Oh, that's where I'm sitting right now after 11 rounds. Now, it's hard for David to comment, but I, I genuinely think when you look at their records, they've all had seven wins, the three of them. Port Stevens and Waterboard, extraordinarily, have both had four washouts. Um, Warners Bay have gone seven, three and one, and they've had their slump, and Giles Manley's back. So... It's going to be a fascinating second half of the season, but the journeymen are absolutely, when you look at the quality of the players that they've got, they can certainly do some damage. I believe you can pretty much write off any team below sixth, even though they'll be playing in the finals, but it will be very interesting to to see how that evolves in the second half of the season. Guys, we've got an extremely special guest here, so let's go over and and before we have a look at the ladder, which I want to do. Um, Grant, thank you so much for joining us, and uh, thank you so much for your sponsorship. It's over to you to talk about uh, your story in cricket and and talk to us particularly about Safe One. Here's your chance to spruce the business, and and you've got some time here. It's over to you, sir. Yeah,
3: mate. Well, Safe One. So we purchased Safe One. It's an existing business. It's been around since two thousand and six, I believe. And um, so we purchased it. 18 months ago and um yeah sort of we had a a, a, a small hobby business off the back of that and um, combined the two so we do safety gear and safety workwear, hive is so forth uniforms corporate um and along those lines a lot of ppe um and i've brought in the sports apparel as well so and that's just starting to uh take off and um yeah sort of so that's pretty well us, mate it's uh Small family orientated and ran business. Um, I run it from the inside. Um, the wife does it from the outside with the uh, accounts, and then um, yeah, sort of the one of my daughters works there as well, and and my mother in law helps out where she can. So. So it's
0: a oh, good you're little... looking after mother. You, you're taking care of the mother in law. You will be popular, Joe. Yeah,
3: mate. I am <laughs> one of those strange guys that actually can say, like, um, I don't mind her. She helps me out quite a bit. <laughs> But
0: um, yeah, yeah, I I absolutely I didn't get along with my mother-in-law for a while because I told her what I thought of it, but we ended up getting along quite well. It's
3: <laughs> um, a similar uh, story this end too, mate. We, uh, we started off on a rocky shade, so
0: yeah. <laughs> I, I I was one of the few that wasn't scared of it, and I miss it to this day. Now, talk, tell us where the business is at. Give us a website. Give us how people uh, can contact you and numbers, and what's the best way to get in touch with Safe One.
3: Okay, so we are at uh, Warner's Bay. Uh, we're on Hillsborough Road, so we're in behind Cheeky Bikes. So the address is uh, Unit 12, 311 Hillsborough Road. So you go up the access road and you uh, turn into the driveway in behind Cheeky Bikes. Um, yeah, sort of, I suppose the website's the um, the big one, which is um, safeone.com.au. Um, yeah, phone number's 49540266. Um, yeah, sort of. By all means, sales at safe one if, uh, if you just want to send an email. But, um, yeah, we can do pretty well anything and everything sort of along the lines of custom gear uh, right through to off the shelf gear. So, yeah. Um, with the sports apparel. Um, yes, I think
0: this is very interesting for our yeah. listeners, show. I think it's really uh, Please talk to us about the things you can do with sports apparel because there are people listening. We're starting to get into the over three figures with our people listening, and I'm yeah. sure someone will be interested.
3: Right. Well, with the sports apparel, so we actually do supply cricket clothing. Um, so I supply my own team or my own club, um, or most of our own club. Um, there's a couple of other teams that I supply. I supply a number of indoor um, cricket sides at Warners Bay. They, uh, they approached me over there. Uh, that was after, um, I think it was Nigel that was there. And, um, yeah, sort of he went uh, out of, or I don't know why he went out of business or if he just closed it up because of uh, other work commitments. But, um, yeah, so they approached me over there. Um, so I supplied a few things there. Uh, hockey um i was doing a bit there and um i predominantly i do a lot of soccer clubs and um yeah sort of so i look after south falls end and um there's a number of indoor soccer clubs as well um i've been a, a, a little bit on the Aus Tag and the touch football side of things um so i'll sort of cover a fair few different sports and um yeah i've had a a boxer um, that I've supplied his his trunks and um, and his um, custom shirts as well sort of to help him out. Um, yeah, sort of do a little bit of sporting uh, items. So I do have a few cricket gear, a few things of uh, cricket gear. have a, um, a couple of batting pads, some wicket-keeping pads left over. I've got a lot of uh, Impala or had a lot of the Impala stuff um, when Robin sort of pretty well was getting rid of everything. And um, so I've still got a little bit left over. Um, so they are good quality pads. They're not the, the cheaper end sort of thing. So they are the test quality. Um, yeah, so that I can get a little bit through a few of the suppliers as well. Um, so, yeah, by all means, just ask the question, mate, and I'll, um, I'll chase it down if I can get it. So
0: Thank you. Thank you so much. On behalf uh, on behalf of the podcast, I thank you for your wonderful support of our podcast. I know Saunders is very proud of our affiliation with you, and we just want to thank you so much. Um, no, no thank it's you good. It's,
3: it's been great um yeah sort of having a bit of a chat to the guys um now that they actually understand what i can supply and what they can get so there's a lot of blokes out there that uh, play cricket that have their own businesses mate by all means i'll look after them as far as the cricket circles go for their own businesses as well so
0: again wonderful having you on board thank you for joining us on the podcast night and that's the perfect segue before we look at the letter. Dan Saunders, the safe one. Performances of the round, please, sir. Well, uh, as we have our esteemed guest, Mr Hutchings,
1: on the podcast, I thought uh, I'll go through the uh, performances of the round. But I thought, as he's kind enough to be uh, sponsoring the award, I thought I'd let Grant make the
0: decision on who
1: this week's winner will be. Very good. uh, He's got his work cut out for him. So I'll just reiterate a couple of performances in Division One. Just before before
0: we we go any further, are there any performances from Mr Hutchins' club that we have to declare uh, now before we start? It may well could be. Okay. Very good. Thank you. (laughs) Uh, We've had. We've already lost a a territory premier this week because she for conflict of interest. We don't want to lose another one. Thank you. I I would suggest
1: that um once the performances are read out that um I think the award will sort of look after itself um but again we're going to let our uh, grant uh, Very good. decide on this week's winner because it's uh, another one of those ones where I'll be the worst person in Newcastle cricket if I pick one over another um, um, I've always sure. got put it up on the poll on the, on the on the cricket page because uh it was just there were two exceptional performances and I thought let's let the members vote and it was actually quite good and it's something I'll do again in the, in the new year um, so in Division One, we mentioned Blake Simpson, five for 17 from eight overs, fantastic effort by him. Uh, Giles Manley for Warners by opening the batting, nearly batting the innings 121 from 112, 11 in three sixes. Rowan Mockle for Carter Ballaroo, 99 of 61 with 13 fours and four sixes. That's uh.
0: Oh, of course, Dave Absalom's four for twenty off seven. A sensation. Cannot miss player. our very our friend of the show. Four for twenty off seven, if you don't mind bowling his exchange. Worn like worn like yeah, Jewish, you're following in the steps of the footsteps of the great SK Warn. Wow.
1: In division two, Matty Palmer, a veteran of the game from Nelson Bay scored 86 and backed that up with two for 41. So well played there to Matty Palmer. Uh Peter Murray for the Premier Hotel. A guy who knows how to score runs. Uh, He scored 106 for the Premier Hotel in Division 2. So well done to um, Pete Murray, the cricketer, not the musician. In Division 3, Stewie Adams from Redhead uh, smashed 92. I think they got two for 212 batting first. And uh, when Stewie Adams is on, Redhead normally get the biscuits. And on this occasion, they did. Uh, In the same game for Hillsborough, Jaden Crowe, who's a very aggressive left hand, Top order bat. I had the pleasure of getting smashed all over the Hillsborough about three seasons ago. Uh, he scored 86 with 11 fours and one maximum. And Kane Goodchild, another uh, veteran of the game, if you will. He's found himself out at West Walls End workers the last couple of years. Um, he batted all 35 overs in their Division Three clash, and they had another win West Walls End. Uh But Kane scored 95 not out. Uh, so well done there. Now... These figures are unbelievable. In Division 4 for the Dukes, Luke Van Der six overs, five maidens, six for one. Oh, come on. You're six having a overs, laugh. Five maidens, <laughs> six for one. All right. Yeah. Uh, well done to Luke there at the Dukes. Luke at the Dukes. It rhymes. Um Harrison Wright from the mighty Katara Hornets, seven over three Maidens, five for 19. Now, what was a bit more impressive about this for young Harrison, he took the first four wickets of the innings and all four batsmen got ducks. And um, at that stage, they were four for one. Um, so young Harry Wright there, five for 19 off seven, took the first four. So both that, this first and second, drops back in the sheds. I couldn't confirm whether there was a hat-trick in there. Um, You'd not like sure.
3: To, you'd like to think one of the batsmen got the one and it wasn't a sundry.
1: I think it was a sundry, to be honest. Oh. <laughs> um, in Division 5, Ryan Potts for Valentine Ellie Barna. you got a fun fun decision here, Hacho. Ryan Potts got 106 not out in a total of two for 127. <laughs> they've, they've chased down 127 in 14 overs. So In 14 overs, he's got 106 not out, 11 fours and eight sixes. Where was that at? Uh, I think it might have been out there at um, oh. out there at Gateshead, Alan Davis, or the one that's what's the one next to it, Bernie no. Curran or Bernie Goodwin or, yeah, or
0: something like. That. Yeah. B- yeah. Bernie, Bernie, so Bernie, been, Bernie no. Curran's University number one oval. I suspect. Well, other... it, I suspect it wasn't at Bernie Curran because there might have been a first grade game on. my <laughs> I might, it it might be Bern, Bernie someone. Goodwin. Yeah. I, I may have, may or may not have been at Bernie Curran Oval, Daniel. So I can yeah. confirm which game was on there.
1: <laughs> also on Division Five, and uh, this. Uh, this one could be a tough one for hacho Jack Jordan from the Slashers, which is Hucho's team, batted the entire inning, scoring 123 not out on a landmine at Adamstown 2, 17 fours and four sixes, and backed that up with two for 19 off four. So um, well done there, Jack Jordan. In Division 6, Rajesh Rezada from Warners Bay. 7 was one maiden, five to 17. Another Michelle. And in Division 7, Matthew Peterson from the Toronto Mud Crab, scored 92 of 82 deliveries with 12 fours and four sixes. So plenty of uh, outstanding performances with bat and ball across the weekend. Is there any you want me to repeat back to you, Hucho, uh, before you uh, decide on your winner for this week?
3: <laughs> well, <laughs> I've got three in, three in mind, but... Um... I have to be honest, mate. Uh, yeah, Luke Luke, and Jack are the two favourites at the moment. Yeah. Um, yeah, so the six for one is just outstanding. So that just speaks for itself. Um, playing in the game that Jack got he's 100. Now, just to put a little bit behind that and what my thought pattern was is he'd never scored 100 before. Um, so that's his first. Now, I have to be honest, our wicket was very, very dry, very um, dry pretty well fell apart within the first three overs and yes. yeah sort of he'd done an amazing job to to dig out and yeah he never gave a chance in the whole thing um batter faced up for the first ball I was at the other end so um yeah he faced up for the first ball and um pretty well I think he he didn't face the last ball but I think it was the third last ball that he got a single off and um yeah so he was there for the whole innings absolute knackered and then come out and had a bit of a bowl and, and what have you. So they're the two that I was looking at, but uh, who was the one that got 121 in first division at Uh G- Giles. Giles,
1: yeah, sort of. 21 off 112 balls.
3: Yeah, sort of, but uh, I have to be honest, mate, the 106 out at Belmont or wherever it was at Gateshead, I'm sort of learning away from that one, only because it was a bit of a, a hit and giggle type of scenario. Um, sure. Mate, uh, I'm, I'm going to put it out there, mate. I, um, I'd i like to give it to Jack only because of the personal side of it, but take that out of it. Um, mate, I think it has to pretty well go to Luke, but I'm thinking, mate, I might even throw three vouchers out there this week and, and go Giles, Luke and Jack.
1: Oh, well. wow. Wow. So, Merry Christmas. <laughs> yeah, mate. So,
3: that's my efforts, mate.
0: Oh, that's oh, unbelievable. Good. Thank you so much. Good
3: on you, Hucho. That's awesome. Not a problem, guys. So yeah, mate, they're they're three good efforts, mate, and yeah, two of them I've got to be honest, mate, they were pretty hard to split, but yeah, mate, one twenty one in first division is still pretty good. So.
0: Yeah, I, I, I had yeah. to I, I had to laugh when you said the pitch was falling apart after three overs. It sounds like a, a night drinking with Jimmy Newburn at the Warners Bay at the Warners Bay Club. That's <laughs> that's a, that's the sort of thing that Jimmy Newburn <laughs> does. And Jimmy, if you're listening, get that into you, big fellow. Uh, well, I've got to be honest, mate, the the wicket itself, the last. Oh,
3: uh, last two or three games I've played there, mate. I've said, mate, it's absolutely atrocious. But yeah, sort
0: of. <laughs> <laughs> a- Wes, goodness me, we're going to get in more trouble. <laughs> oh, I've <laughs> oh. said enough about covers. Absalom's <laughs> just fallen off his chair. I'm sitting here thinking that as so, I'm sitting here trying to make not right remarks about covers. And uh, you've come out and had a crack. Good on you, Hatcho. Oh, You're our major your sponsor. Very well. I'm most impressed. Very good. Oh, but, yeah,
3: the last two or three games, mate, she's been absolutely atrocious over there at Adamstown. And, um, yeah, <laughs> it just hasn't had the time, the effort, or anything put into it. Um, the hot weather doesn't go into it either. So, yeah.
0: um, If I could just make a, a clarifying remark, I was actually at North Sydney Oval doing some commentary on Sunday, and North Sydney Oval is struggling with the weather as well. It yeah. looks. You, we've all got this vision that North Sydney and Sawndo's been there with me. It's a picture. Yeah. At the moment, it's, they've got a lot of work to do on it because it's just dry because yeah. they can't get enough water in it so, and it drains well. Yeah. But anyway, that's the way it is. But um, look, thank you so much. And three yeah. winners, Sawndo. That's phenomenal, isn't it? Thank you so much, so, Grant. Giles Man,
1: so Giles Man, Division One, Warners Bay. Yep. Luke Vanderlead yep. from the Dukes, Division Four. And Jack Jordan from the Slashers, Division Five. Yeah, mate. Well. Congratulations, those three gentlemen. I've got a bloody long message to put out there, and I'm going to make three phone calls now. <laughs> Thanks for all the hard work, Hacho, uh, and pass it on. That's, that's no. fantastic. No. You
0: are you 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 are the master of the long message and the long post, though, D. Saunders. You're an expert at it. Well, no. <laughs> true, true, <laughs> true. Um, Stick to your strength. To indeed. Your strength. The ladder in, in Division One before we go and talk. With David Absalom, as he was there, the Rebels' performances on Sunday and their doubleheader. Uh, the top eight, Mary Ellen Mudrat, 17. Carter, 20. Merriweather, 23. Glendale, Old Boys, 24. Journeymen covering them with, with quotient. there in fourth. Warners Bay are up to 1.354 in quotient. They're on 20, 26 points. And then on 29, a waterboard on 2.069 quotient. And Port Stephens, on 2.725 quotient, both on 29 points. If the finals were played today, Port Stevens would host the Journeymen at King Park, 1833 Park. Waterboard would host Warners Bay at Jezzo. Bendale Old Boys would host Mary Ellen at um, William Bower. And Merriweather would host Cardiff Bullerall. We've got every chance of that game actually being played at Connolly. Um, so, yes, that they would be the finals if they were played today. The Suburban District Rebels got into the Summer Bash in the weekend. They had a double header. Um, I'm looking at the batting lineup for Hemwicks here. The um, Hemwicks made 119 after winning the toss and batting. Uh, the Pumas did in the first game that the Rebels played. This is the 10 o'clock set at Passmore That's a very good performance by the Rebels with the ball, keeping that Belmont lineup with Jack Hardigan, Ben Balkum, Reese Handel, and Ar- Addison Sheriff. Goodness me! Unusually, there were seven batsmen. They all made double figures. That's almost unheard of in T20 cricket. Top score was Rhys Handel with 33. Um, and, David, um, the Meerkat did it again, two for 19 off four. Um, this looks to me like it was more of a spinners pitch. Talk us through the Pumas first innings, please, David.
2: Yeah. Um, yeah, well, so just on Jason Everly, two for 19 off four overs. Again, he just keeps on keeping on, doesn't he? Yeah, uh, Left arm finger spin. But um, for both games, what I saw is that the slower bowling um, seemed to be the order of the day. Um, we'll talk about that in a minute, but yeah, um, the total of 119, when you look at that in T20 context, you're thinking, oh, okay, just under a run runner ball, that's not too bad. But at um, at Passmore Oval, um, I didn't think the wicket was too bad. I think it was a used wicket, but I didn't think it was too bad. Um, again, I don't think anybody's going to use that um, as any excuse or anything like that, but um, the outfield was, was probably – on the slower side, um, which meant there was a lot of running between the wickets, a lot of ones turned into twos and threes, which is probably why you see a lot of a lot of double figure scores there. Um, but yeah, for the Rebels, that's pretty impressive to keep them to under 120 with the batting lineup that they've got. Um, that was quite good, and yeah, the meerkat was good. In fact, all bowlers I thought did their job pretty well. Um, Tim Mason was good in the middle, just sort of kept it tight. Um, yeah, we got Jack Hardigan out as well. Good catch from Giles Manley. So, again, a lot to like about that bowling performance. And when they went to the batting performance, they were, they were right on track. I think they were one for 45, um, and Jared Moxie and Giles Manley were looking perfect. They were, um, in fact, Giles had either massive six, I think the over before he got dismissed, and <laughs> that was a, a massive hit. But then the game changed when they brought spin on, so they took to um, Hamwicks opening bowlers. But once Kane Anderson came on, who's a quality performer, as you guys would know, um, absolutely
0: former New South Wales, New South Wales player, plays first grade cricket in Sydney for the Sydney Cricket Club.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Well, the game changed when he came on, so it's quite fascinating. The first four balls he bowled to Moxie and Manly were all flat and fast, and then the fifth ball was tossed up. And then hit Jarrod Moxie on the pad. So just his thinking behind it was was quite interesting to watch. And then after that, um, Jet Mason, who was a leg spinner, came on. And he found pads quite a lot. He found Josh Moxie's stumps. And then he found the pads of a lot of the rest of the Rebels batsmen. And he's got figures of four overs, four for seven with a maiden in that. So that really broke the back of the Rebels chase. Um, they were looking good when uh, Moxie and Manly were... We're in there, um, particularly facing the seam bowling, and then spin came on, and and that was it. But against Hamwicks, who are defending champions, I believe, um, that's a, a pretty good effort, and it's one after the game they looked at and go, you know what, we we really should have should have got that one, but still very proud of that effort um, against a pretty star-studded lineup, to be fair.
0: And he's, and of course, they're not marquees. Jack Hardigan and Kane Anderson are Hamwicks players. Have gone to Sydney, so they don't classify as marquees. Uh Dan Saunders and I actually commentated, David um, on the final last year, and my memory is Saunders that Ando took a five for in the final and might have got player of the match. Um, yeah, yeah
1: I think uh, four or five but yeah, very, very tight. And even I remember the game under lights there at number one in the midweek. Uh, just, just yeah, and, and we're seeing it so much. The, the 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 spin bowling options, the pace off the ball in in local T20 cricket is is where teams are thriving. If they've got that uh, option or options available to them, the, the pace on the balls is to going on, go on the journey, especially on as really fast outfields like number one sports ground. But um, the pace off the ball I and mean, either skidding on or defence where the batsman's got to make the play, a lot of players get found out.
0: Well, Dan, the number one game of cricket played in New South Wales country all year a few weeks ago spin completely changed the match at number one and pace off as the oh. go and well, change the right. match.
1: Issue word foster and, and of course Aaron Bills is you know
0: yeah that that's one of the
1: best right. As I've seen at this level of cricket in a long time.
0: On to game two and they made this, the the rebels made the short trip over to a lively towns and oval pitch. We'd had the most remarkable game in the morning where Merriwoat made a hundred and three and Charlestown were eight for thirty seven chasing ended up all out ninety. A remarkable game. Oh. And Sorry, did you want to say something, Dan, or should I keep dribbling? No, no, okay. playing with your ball. Playing with your ball? Okay, very good. Rebels, this time, uh, was sent in was sent in by Merriweather. Um, pretty sad story, actually. Nine for 96, up 20. They batted their overs out. The meerkat, I'll be very pleased with his 12 not out. Michael Rip on 18. But the top order, uh, unfortunately, couldn't fire. And... Tom Owen, who's a left arm orthodox spinner, played in that final, actually, that um we commentated on for Central Coast. Blake Smith, two for 14. Zach Stambridge, who's a left arm medium pacer, two for so some very, very good figures there. And to be honest, Merriweather um took their time getting the, getting the runs, but didn't look overly troubled. David, tell us the story of this game, please. Uh, I, I believe the Towns and Oval Pitch had a bit in it this time.
2: Yeah, it had a bit in it. I mean, a few of the guys played there the, the day before. A few, you know, yes. the, the carry was quite good. There was a bit of extra bounce in it. But again, um, Merriweather were just on in this game. Like, um, we talked about the spin bowling. I think that's going to be a massive key in this tournament. But the other is it always is in cricket is how well you field. And Merriweather field out, out of this well. There was a great catch um, at point to dismiss Brent Watson, There was also two direct hit run-outs from Merriweather. Um, One of them was Josh Moxie and the other one was Leighton Everly. Now, I've got to fix up the scores on here as I spoke to you before. There was a play HQ um, issue with it. So, I mean, yeah, yeah, a couple of them were probably tight singles, but at the end of the day, when it's a direct hit run-out like that, you just got to tip your cap and say, well, fielded, because it was just outstanding fielding so they were up for this game after they had um, that close victory and again they just looked absolutely outstanding for the rebels though they didn't give up like because they were uh, just having a quick look at my scorebook here they were five for 26 when uh, Leighton Everly got run out now we know the first game they played that we don't like talking about they got bowled out for 28 could have easily fell apart and been bowled out for 40, but they managed to bat their 20 overs and make 96, which I thought was was very impressive. And, you know, it just showed that they weren't willing to give up and they kept fighting. Jared Moxie made 28 and he looked, he was certainly um, up to the task, as he always is. He's, he's made a lot of runs in this Summer Bash competition in rep cricket and, well, every cricket in general, he makes a lot of runs. And Tim Mason at the end, he actually hit the, um, the six and four um, at the end of the innings, to um, oh, to, not the at the meekat, I'll be the furious and he's been out. done at a bobbin of four. He did his role; he was three not out. He hung around, which yeah. was good. But yeah, Tim Mason, um, last two balls here for six and four, and again, that's yeah, that's the the fighting spirit that we love to see from the team. So that's something that they can be really proud of. But then in the in the chase, yeah, Merriweather just too good. Chad Mayo, forty eight off forty one deliveries, was in pretty good form and Josh Geary made 27. One of those six hit somebody's bike that was sitting at Towns and Oval. So yeah, it was, um, it was a tough effort, but again, you know, it took them 16 overs to get there. So, you know, again, they kept fighting, um, they kept trying. And again, the rebels didn't have any marquee players this weekend, but when you look at the rebels lineup, you know, it's a lot of names that we always talk about on this podcast. Yeah. So it's one of the best sides that they could have picked Um and again, I think the effort was certainly there. And you uh, know, that's that's the sort of thing that makes you proud, you know. So um they'll keep fighting. They've got Belmont and Charlestown to come um, in the tournament. I can't remember which game's at number one. I think it's the Charlestown game because I'm pretty yeah, sure they play yeah, Belmont at Carl, Adel. Belmont at Carl. So so they'll be up for those games as well and they'll back themselves to to get a couple of victories there. So um, bad luck to them, but it was certainly, um, the effort was certainly 110%. So well done to the boys on on the weekend.
0: Um, for, thank you for the summary, David. A name that we're very familiar here and Dan Saunders um, commentated on this bloke. Must make mention, the Sabres guest player who came back from Sydney, who's a Newcastle City junior, Angus McTaggart, who played for the Sabres against the Thoroughbreds. Please let me mention that Angus McTaggart made his New South Wales second 11 debut last week in Adelaide. That is a momentous thing for such a young man. He's been playing great cricket for the Randy Beats. He is, let me tell you, this bloke's a jet. Dan's, Dan's actually seen him, and I think you would have seen him, David, absolutely go berserk. Um... 70 or 80 in a real hurry, I believe, something along those lines. Well, to see someone that we've seen at our level make his second 11 debut at such a young age, that's a phenomenal performance, guys. I just wanted to uh, congratulate him on, on on air here. It's a superb performance from Angus.
1: Yeah, yeah it's, it's great to see someone local from Newcastle be able to make it to that level. And, uh, you know, some seasons there in that second 11 and in that first-grade competition down in Sydney. And being around those state cricketers, uh, he's every chance of of getting a first-class cap at one point. Oh,
0: I actually think I'm biased because I've had him in a couple of representative sides. I actually think he's good enough, if he keeps at it, to play short-form cricket for Australia. So I've got no doubt that he'll play Sheffield, Shield cricket for New South Wales, as long as his body holds, I've got absolutely no doubt he's that good. Uh, gentlemen, that brings us to an end of talking suburban. So just quickly before we go, the Australian Country Championships, once in a generation, this happens in Newcastle. The last time was in the early 90s. They start in Newcastle on the 3rd of January. New South Wales's first game of the men is against ACT at Harker Arrival. Um, the Stockton Pages posted a couple of There's Three games will There's games all over the place. There's even a game at, at the King Park Complex. Um, there is a night game on the 5th of January. New South Wales and the dreaded White V of Victoria playing at number one on a Friday night uh, at 630 Everybody should get along. And I don't think Dan will pretty much be heavy on duty. But if anybody's listening, you want to watch some top-level country cricket between sides that really have a very healthy rivalry, please get along. Put that in your your book. Friday the 5th of January, up past six at night, New South Wales and Victoria and the men at the magnificent Newcastle number one sports ground. But, guys, I'm sure we all wish New South Wales best in both the male and female competitions. Yeah, very much so. We should probably should mention too, cricket New South Wales have
1: put the call out there for scorers. If anyone's interested who'd like to be involved in the Australian Country Championships, their paid scorers uh, roles for the male and female is $130 a day and a free lunch. Uh, I've shared the details on my page link. Bruce Whitehouse is who people need to get in contact with. But a um, good opportunity but- for people to it's well, you're volunteer, but you're actually going to get paid to do it. Um, but to see some quality cricket, the best of Australian country. So New South Wales, Country, Queensland, Victoria, so on and so forth. You now, then the next best, if you will, in Australian cricket, are all coming to Newcastle. So,
0: good opportunity to be involved. And there's an outside chance you can get a. Get, there's a couple of new, fabulous Newcastle scorers involved. Kathleen Pink is involved. Dan Proudman's involved. So, if, if you're unlucky enough to play against New South Wales, then you can even run in, come in and show me how to score. So that if you get it, if you if there is an opportunity for you, please get in and do so. But, again, the Australian Country Cricket Championships starting on the 3rd of January. Please get along. Um, it's going to be fabulous cricket. It's great to have Newcastle and Lake Macquarie Grounds hosting. This is a once-in-a-generation chance uh, to opportunity to see the best country cricketers in Australia. There'll be some fabulous cricket play. The last championships in New South Wales were in 15, uh, 16 in Wollongong. So, please, give you, if you get an opportunity, get along and watch. We've got local
3: in that Sorry? Do we know if there's any locals playing in that?
0: There? Yes, there's a stack of Newcastle players in the men's side and the women's. There's four Stockton players in it. Nick Foster's the captain, uh, Jeff and Logan Weston, Josh McTaggart, Adrian Isherwood's also playing from the Belmont Career Club. There is a stack of them. So there's a lot of locals playing and, and then in the women's as well. The women's side's dominated. There's a lot of Newcastle players in that side, particularly from the Waratah and um, Newcastle City Career Club. So there's plenty of plenty of local talent around. Uh, and of course, some of the off-field staff are from Newcastle as well. The the assistant coach Shane Burley's the long-term uh, coach of Newcastle and an outstanding coach and a great man. Guy, guys, thank before you so go. much. Sorry, sorry.
3: Just before we go, uh, a couple of weeks ago, uh, Redmond or Redmond?
0: Ryan Redman or Redman, Ryan Redman.
3: Yeah, from Maryland.
0: I think. Yeah, Marilyn him. Fletcher. That's him. Yep.
3: Mate, I want to put a bit of a shout out to him. Um, he sent me a message after winning the award, the round award. And um, he pretty well said to me that, look, he's not a greedy man. Um, I won't read the text out completely, but uh, not a greedy man. He's pretty well got everything that he needs. Sort of, he's in a position that's uh, quite lucky. So he's actually asked me to um, pass that on to somebody that actually needs it. Um, yeah, sort of, right. I just want to say that I did have a young kid come in that's just trying to start his employment side of things. Couldn't quite afford a pair of boots. He was going to go for a cheap pair that I've got there, um, but he's trying to do uh, carpentry. So I actually helped him out and I gave him that voucher. So big cheers to Ryan for passing that on. And I just wanted to know that he actually helped a guy out that really did appreciate it. So right up.
0: Uh, th- that's a great story. Now, nah, David, I clapping in the background guys. That is a great story. Um, and Dan Saunders has been talking about, and David, if, if I can speak on behalf of the two of you, you're both very heavily involved in this wonderful competition of ours. That's the sort of thing that makes this competition, what it is. And people doing that sort of thing, Ryan Reeman and Greg, Grant Hutchings, you deserve a lot of credit as well, sir. But Ryan Redman, that's a wonderful cheerio. I'll let the other guys actually say something about this, but I can't believe such a generous uh, donation. And I think that that is wonderful. Uh, David and Daniel, just a quick word from you.
2: I love hearing that sort of stuff. And congratulations to both. That's excellent. I mean, yeah, it sounded like, you know, the guy was down on his luck a little bit. And to be, to give him that assistance, I think, you know, that's, that's the society we want to live in. So congratulations yeah. to both you, Grant, and Ryan for doing that. I mean, that's that's a wonderful story. Great, great story to hear just before yeah. Christmas too. Just,
3: yeah, just finished year twelve, and um, I believe at Warners Bay High. But yeah, sort of. But he's just starting his um, chippy trade and um, or chippy sort of life, I suppose. Hope, hoping to get an apprenticeship. But yeah, sort of. But you've helped him out with a pair of boots, Ryan. So yeah. It's
1: awesome. No, that that's awesome. I mean, that, that's that doesn't surprise me at all. Ryan Reedman's that quality of individual. He's a great fellow. He's a family man. Yeah, lovely wife, two young kids. Runs his own business himself. Yeah. Um. And yeah, no, that's 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 just speaks volumes. for that that's the sort of guy that Ryan Reedman is. So yeah, Absolutely. well done, Ryan, yeah. champion. Yeah. All Do right.
0: Right. Gentlemen, Pete. Thank you so much for your time this evening. It's been an absolute pleasure talking here. It's been we, we, we could have actually gone a lot further. It's been great fun. Grant Hutchings, first of all, at Safe One. Thank you so much for a joining us this evening and b your wonderful support of our podcast. And if you're doing that for young people in the community, yours is a business that we should be trumpeting. And and if you're looking after people like that, and that's the type of person that you are, and your business is. Um, people get along there. Grant, thank you so much for your time. We, I know you haven't um, we've been talking cricket a lot, but we really want to thank you so much.
3: No, mate, thank you, and don't worry, mate, I love talking about cricket, sir.
0: So. David Absalom, sir, congratulations on the 4 for 20. Have a great Christmas break. I do hope to see you at the Cricket at some stage even if for 10 or 15 minutes um, uh, at, at the Country Champs, sir. Have a great Christmas, and we look forward to having you back again soon on our podcast.
2: Thank you very much, Redders and Dan and Hutcho. It's been fun tonight. Um, I've certainly enjoyed it. I'm glad the the audio kept working all the way through. But um no, it's been it's been great. Thanks, Hutcho, for all you're doing. The sponsorship's wonderful. And to you two guys as well, yeah. Keep up the promotion. It's wonderful for our competition. And yeah, thanks for allowing me to dribble for an hour.
0: No dribbling from you, Dan Saunders, sir. Thank you.
2: Bye. Uh-huh. All good, mate. Thank you, Redis. Thank
1: you, Huxley. you absolute champion, mate. All right,
0: mate. Thank Dave.
1: you. love you like the brothers, you know. Yep. Just, you know, people who love this.
3: So we know when to hit the pause button on him, don't we?
0: saundo <laughs> so, S- 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 has been lost in the background with technical things. Sounds like he's had in a run-in with the Mogadon, but you know, I think he's back now with us, which is great. On behalf of Hacho Sando and D Absalom Sir, this is David Redden. Thank you so much for joining us. It's been great fun being with you. A couple of things. Have a great Christmas. Enjoy time with your family. Drive safe. This is a cricket thing. Make sure you've got a plan B, particularly over the break. Don't drink and drive. There'll be coppers everywhere. Just come up with a plan. Do something and get yourself safe. Please be safe on the roads. There's been too much happening on our roads in our wonderful state of late. So please just have a safe, happy Christmas and New Year. Enjoy the cricket from Melbourne. Enjoy the summer ba- the Big Bash and the Summer Bash. And we'll see you at the Country Champs shortly. On behalf of David, Dan and Grant Hutchins, this is David Redden. It's bye for now, everybody. Have a lovely Christmas.